as the door closes behind you, as you fiddle around for your keys, as you wonder what appliances you may have left on, as you traverse hallways, balconies, porches, driveways, lifts or lobbies, remember you're not leaving nature but you're moving through it. The sky begins at your feet and you are no further from it when you've got a roof of your head. When you reach outside, stop and locate yourself. Where is the sun in the sky? What direction is the wind blowing in? What direction is the world turning right now? Pause this field guide and make a voice note describing some of the sounds, sights, touches, tastes and smells that colour the world around you. These are all bits of sensory information that allow you every day to construct and reconfigure your sense of place and self. They are constantly changing, appearing and reappearing, giving us information about our surroundings. Take colour for example, regardless of whether you can see the sun or not, as the colours around you become darker, it signals the approach of evening. This field guide is part of the Museum of Open Windows a new kind of museum, connecting real people and existing museums around the world to share knowledge and experiences and to inspire climate action. Throughout this field guide, we're going to be finding ways of reading our surroundings for signs of climate change. Using our senses is easy, but understanding the signals that we're receiving takes a bit of practice. Keep standing where you are and look around you. What can you see that has been built by humans? And what can you see that has grown? Take pictures or videos of examples of both. How are the grown and built things coexisting? Can you see grass, weeds, moss, mould, fungi, plants and flowers, ivy, hedges, trees? Are any of these in, on, or under cracks in the pavement, or walls, cars, roofs, bus shelters, drain pipes? Have any of these appeared where they hadn't before, and where they don't usually? Take a picture of something growing where it shouldn't be. Where do built and grown things seem to work together, and where do they feel like they are struggling against one another? Pause this field guide, and make a voice note of the things you've noticed even if they seem small or mundane. This project is about opening windows into how climate change is affecting everyday life in all sorts of ways, big and small.
the photos, videos and voice notes that you've just collected for your first samples of real-world data for the Museum of Open Windows. Send them to us when you finish your walk using the contact information in the description. We're looking forward to seeing what you found. Okay, time to get walking. You'll want to head in the direction of your nearest open green space. But for now, just wander. If you live near a green space, find the least direct route there. Detour past other areas that interest you, like bus stops or high streets, estates or corner shops and town centres. As you walk, look at the walls around you. The ones holding up buildings and marking boundaries. Keep walking until you find a wall with lichen growing on it. Lichens look like grey, green, slightly crusty or furry splodges. You probably see them on walls and tree trunks, but perhaps take no notice of them. But now we'd like you to do exactly that. This field guide is part of the Museum of Open Windows, a new kind of museum connecting real people and existing museums around the world to share knowledge and experiences and to inspire climate action. Great work, you found some lichen, which means you found your first biological indicator. Lichens are particularly good at indicating one of the main signifiers of climate change and pollution, nitrogen concentration. Increased levels of nitrogen are caused by humans in all sorts of ways, including vehicle exhaust emissions and intensive farming methods. Excess nitrogen contributes to acid rain, leads to eutrophication of waterways, and can form compounds such as nitrous oxide, which is a greenhouse gas. Lichens are sensitive to nitrogenous conditions. Some thrive on a nitrogen-rich atmosphere, and some cannot survive at all. So the presence of certain lichens around you can indicate how polluted the air is in that place. In a moment, pause this field guide and make a voice note describing the lichen that you found in as much detail as possible. What colours do you see? Is it dry or damp? What does it smell like? To understand what bioindicators are telling us, we need to take note of the environment that we have found them in. So be sure to make a note of that too. What time of day is it? What season is it? What is the weather like now, and how has it been? Where exactly are you? If you haven't already, 
now is a good time to start walking towards the green space that you have in mind. As you walk, look at, or think about, the names of roads, towns, and buildings around you. Take a photo of a sign with a place name on it. What is the name of the place you are in now? If it's urban, was it always? Names of places can help us understand how the built and grown worlds have changed over time. Croydon is a busy metropolis in the south of England, home to nearly 400,000 people, packed with skyscrapers, trams and multiple train stations. The name, however, tells a different story. Croydon means the Valley of Crocuses, and harks back to a time when Anglo-Saxon farmers grew crocuses and harvested saffron from their flowers. A thousand years ago, the name Glasgow was used to describe a green hollow by the river. Now, we use the same name for a vast, dense, diverse city, the largest in Scotland. Many now urban area names end in suffixes such as wood and hurst, both meaning a dwelling on a wooded hill, or den meaning hill, and ford meaning a shallow river crossing. The suffixes and prefixes used in place names change around the country depending on when the place was named and the language that was popular at that time. A house that was once stood alone in a forest might now be surrounded by other houses. But traces of the intimate relationship between that house and the forest may still remain. Do you think the roads followed the same route back then? Could some of the trees in the nearby churchyard be the last survivors of an ancient woodland? Maybe you've spotted a name relating to a river. Can you see the river? Many urban rivers in the UK have been diverted underground so that they can now be built over. We are surrounded by proxies, signals and indicators. They even permeate our language. You should be getting closer to an open green space now. As you walk, look out for signs of how your area has changed in the last week, last year, or the last century. And be aware, there's often more to your environment than meets the eye. Take a picture of anything you think shows a trace of the past.